we are closing the series today. I, this is our assembly series. We're going to close it. And next week, we're moving on to a series called Friendship with God, and it is all about prayer. Um, just to give you a little preview, Jesus said a phrase that a whole lot of people quote. It says, ask anything in my name, I will give it to you. I can promise you, I've heard some people ask some ridiculous things in Jesus' name, and he didn't give it to them. So what we're going to do is we're going to take that text, and we're going to talk about what it means because he was speaking in the context of friendship. And asking Jesus something, well, that is one one facet of prayer. So Jesus, talking about friendship to his disciples, he says, I don't call you slaves, I call you friends. And because you're my friends, I tell you how I'm thinking. We talk to each other. We know each other's thoughts. And when you ask anything in my name, I'll give it to you. That promise was within the context of friendship. So we're going to spend a few weeks talking about what prayer looks like, what it looks like in the context of friendship, what does it even have to do. I think it might give a lot of us a chance to maybe take a different view of prayer in our lives and maybe ignite a little bit of a fire in our prayer time with the Lord, which you could also call communion with the Lord. So we're going to talk about prayer starting next week. Today we're closing this assembly series, and uh, it's going to be the shortest of the messages that I spoke because I knew we had a lot going on today, including this ordination, which, man, I was so excited about. So that's awesome. Our text for this entire series has been from Hebrews. I'm going to read it one last time here. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. That's what we just read uh, over Will and Brittany as Paul charged Timothy. Hold fast. When everybody else says one thing, you keep speaking the word. When people are saying that this word isn't for today, you speak the word boldly. When people are saying it's old-fashioned, you keep speaking the word. Whatever anybody is saying, the word doesn't change. Keep speaking it. Hold fast to the profession of your faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Some of us have been provoking others to anger and frustration, but Paul's saying there's a better thing to provoke people to. It's love and good works. That's up to us. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We are accepted by God, children of God. We get to be in heaven forever. And in these moments, as we worship together like we did this morning, as we declare, remember testimonies that we've seen together like we did last week, just in conversation, sitting across from somebody in just a little while, eating, talking, encouraging each other. These are moments that build us up in every way. And without it, without it, man, we are so more likely to slip away, to fall into things the enemy is putting in front of us. You know, offense... Uh, in the in the word over and over is used like you've offended me and the word offense means trap you know when you are offended by someone or something you're literally falling into a trap that's what it means and and it's our job to avoid traps thank god the word says that lord god will help us out and he'll protect us from even falling into it but instead of being offended and pulling away what i've seen here at fcg for the past three, four years, is people, despite of some differences, coming together, assembling no matter what, 
man, we've seen miracle after miracle. We've seen so many good things. And we've seen a community that has held fast to the profession of their faith. Now, 31 years here at FCG. And you know what? We're preaching the same message. We're preaching the exact same message uh, in different ways with new revelation going from glory to glory. But man, the message is that you are loved and you are loved deeply. And there is hope in Jesus. And as your hope is ignited, your faith follows that hope. We're going to get into the presence of God. We're going to worship. And you're going to see your lives change. But there's three really good reasons right there in Hebrews 10 that we assemble together, not far apart. I mean, there's a place for online. It's great. But assembling together is where it's at. That's where the good stuff is. You know, last week... And the week before, one of the ways we encouraged each other in this assembly is talking about the names of God, the different ways he was known through the word. And I want to bring up a few of those with a final point today, that Jehovah Jireh, the God who provided the ram for the sacrifice on the hill with Abraham and Isaac, Jehovah Sidkenu, the God that made us Righteous, the God that himself came in the flesh, lived a righteous life, and then took the punishment that we deserve upon himself, even though he was an innocent man. Jehovah Sidkenu has made us righteous. Jehovah Rapha, the God who by his stripes has healed us, not metaphorically, not one day in heaven, but the blood of Jesus has provided healing for every infirmity that would come our way. And we believe it. And we're going to declare it. Isaiah 53, 5 says that he was wounded for our transgressions, pierced for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there always, the God who we can't hide from, the God who we can't isolate from even if we try, the God who knows where we're at and knows our heart. 1 John 4, 15 through 17. This is one of those life verses that me and Lisa talk about. This is one that has marked us. Whoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him. How many in here have confessed Jesus is the Son of God? You put your hand up. It's a majority. It might be everybody in this room. So this means this is for you. Whoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Here we go. If you put your hand up, this is for you. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Man, if you've never paid much attention to that verse. If you believe, whoever believes, whoever confesses Jesus is the Son of God, herein is our love made perfect. Not in our actions, in our confession. Not in our doing, in our confession of His doing. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. This means no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, there's nothing on the inside of you or the outside that should convince you 
to stop telling people about Jesus, to stop going to him in prayer, to stop. Don't lift your hands up in worship. You know for a fact you drove here yelling at your kids all the way to church. We talk about that one a lot. Maybe Lisa and I have experienced that in our lives a few times, right? But no matter what you've done, there's a voice out there that's going to say you didn't measure up. So why are you trying to act like you got something good now? You didn't measure up last night. Why would God hear your prayers right now? You didn't measure up last week. You, you made some pretty big mistakes, and you think you're going to go tell this person about Jesus. They're going to listen. You're called a hypocrite. Well, let's just be honest. If we're talking about hypocrites, we're all there, right? All of us. We're all there. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But thank you, Jesus, that Jehovah Sidkenu makes us righteous. And in our confession... In our confession, our love is made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. It doesn't matter what I've done, I'm going to speak Jesus. It doesn't matter what I've done or what I've said, I'm going to stand on the word. I'm going to get up, dust myself off, keep moving forward. I'm going to go to God in prayer no matter what. I'm going to go to God and I'm going to lift my hands up and I'm going to worship and I'm going to scream and I'm going to shout and I'm going to celebrate. Because even on my worst days, his presence doesn't go. And even on my worst days, because I've confessed Jesus as Lord, I can have boldness today and enter his presence. I can have boldness today and tell the world about a Savior who they love and who they need. I can have boldness today no matter where I've been. And I can pray for the sick. And I can speak to my own body and I can see it become well. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There's a great translation of this, the Passion Translation. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment. This is so good. You ready? Because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. All that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. This is why this is why we can confess the word and say we are seated in heavenly places with the Father. We're right here on earth, yet there's a part of us, our spirit, that's made one with Jesus, seated in heavenly places with the Father. And as he is now, so are we in this world. So what does this verse have to do with what we're talking about? God, Jehovah, Sidkenu, our righteousness. Do you know what we are as the church, the body of Christ to the world? We're the ones that are called to bring righteousness to this world. We are the ones who are called to go out into the streets, to go to our family and to tell them the gospel. Good old fashioned, tell them about Jesus. When was the last time you just told somebody about Jesus? When was the last time you put aside the politics, you put aside the, the Facebook post, you put aside the offense, and you looked at somebody and you just said, hey, can I just tell you about Jesus? Can I just tell you about a Savior who loves you, who accepts you no matter what? They might look at you and say, I don't even know if you've accepted me. You don't need me to accept you. You are accepted by Jehovah Sidkenu, the God who became your sin so that you could receive his righteousness. That's who we are to this world. And if we don't go around telling them that there is righteousness in Jesus, then nobody else is going to do it. Do you know who the body of Christ is to the world? Jehovah Rapha, the Hebrew, lives in us. It's up to us. Our charge as believers was to go, lay hands on the sick and see them to recover, rebuke the demons and see them flee, tell the gospel, preach the gospel. 
Jehovah Rapha, the healer, lives in us. And it's up to us. The world is not going to heal itself. I can promise you there's not one report on CNN or Fox or any other news station that's going to help heal the world. But there is a report right here that brings healing to every hurt place. There is a word right here and a report right here that brings healing to every pain, to every hurt, to every offense, to every bit of depression, to every bit, to every bit of all of it. And if Jehovah Rapha, the hero, lives in us as the church, as the body of Christ, it's our job now to not be selfish and to keep it all right here within these four walls, but to go and give Jehovah Rapha, the healer, to the world. Jehovah Jireh, the provider. Man, we should not be relying on anybody else to provide for our community for our neighborhood, for our children, for our school system, for our world. No, the church, Jehovah Jireh, the provider, lives in us. And it's us now that can go be the provider to the world, where the world is falling short and where, where education systems fall short, where feeding programs fall short, where people are getting left in the, in the ditches when, 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 when whole generations are getting, uh, uh, getting waved off and like, oh, this, I don't understand this new generation. Just forget it. Let them, let them just go off by themselves. We'll focus on the next. No, no, no. We're the church. We represent Jehovah Jireh. And as Jesus is right now, so are we to this world. Instead of looking at problems and shaking our head, saying, boy, I hope they figure that out. No, you got the creative God on the inside of you. And as he now is, so are you in this world. You're the one with the solution. You're the one with the creative solution. You're the one that can look even at your secular job and say, man, I have a solution for this problem that we're facing right now. And then freely give it as you've been freely given to. You're the one that can look in your neighborhood and say, this is the solution. You're the one that can walk down to Gastonia Street Ministry and see those same faces every month getting fed and say, you know what? I have a solution to not just feed these folks once a month, but to get them off the streets, make them productive, lead them into a lifestyle that will bring some life to them and those around them. You're the one with the solution. You're the one. You're the one that can look at local government and say, you know what? I need to be on this education board. I need to be in this school system. I need to be in that Rotary Club. I need to do. You're the ones. You're the church. And as Jesus is right now, so are we in this world. Yes, he is Jehovah Jireh. But this world doesn't have a Jehovah Jireh out there if they haven't made this confession. So as the church, it's our job to go out. It's our job to be that to the world. Jehovah Rapha, our healer. It's our Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. This is not the time to abandon the ones out there who, who, who are shouting maybe a message that we don't buy into. This is not the time to abandon a generation that wants nothing to do with the Lord. This is not the time to abandon the co-workers who are in our face. This is not the time to abandon. This is the time to represent the God who is there and say, hey, it might get messy, might get hard. Maybe right now, I don't even know what to do, but you know what? I'm not going anywhere. We're still here. We're right here. Because as Jesus is, so are we in this world. One, one final verse here before we close. Matthew 16, 15 through 19. 
Then he asked them, this is Jesus speaking. He asked them, this is a good question because as he is, so are we in this world. He asked them, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Jesus is speaking to Peter here, but he's also speaking to every believer. He's speaking to those who confess and say, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. This is you. This is me. Peter didn't have anything we don't have. Peter believed in Jesus. He walked with Jesus shoulder to shoulder. Yes. But after Jesus died and ascended to heaven, Peter believed in Jesus and the Holy Spirit filled him up. That's the exact same thing that happens to us when we receive Jesus. And the Apostle Paul said this, that it's actually better for us that never walked with Jesus side by side, that it's actually better to have him on the inside of us than to walk with him. So many of us have probably thought, man, if I could just walk with you, if I could have just been one of your disciples, then Paul said, no, no, it's actually better for you to know him by the spirit than by the flesh. So knowing him by the spirit, we have the same thing that Peter had, the same chance. And this is what Jesus said. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. What you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. This does not mean Sometimes you have to let the word interpret itself. Does that mean if I allow sickness in my body, there's sickness in heaven? Well, that doesn't make any sense. No, there's no sickness in heaven. Does that mean if I allow hatred uh, to, 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 to exist around me, there'll be hatred in heaven? That doesn't make any sense. No, this is what Jesus is saying, that you and I, have the ch as the church, carry the authority here on the earth. That if we allow something here on earth, heaven has given us the authority to allow it. And if we forbid something here on earth, heaven has given us the authority to forbid it. That's the authority you and I carry as believers. That's the authority we carry as the church. Do you know it's not up to God to clear the streets of Gastonia from gun violence and from opioid addiction? It's not up to God to get rid of opioid addiction in this city. It's up to the church. It's up to us. And if we allow it, it will be allowed. But if we stand in authority and we just take a step and we say, you know what? We've had enough and we forbid it on earth. It'll be forbidden on earth. It's not up to God to go into our school system here in our city, in our country and bring or make wrong things right. It's up to the church to get into school systems and make wrong things right because if we allow it as the church it'll be allowed if we forbid it as the church it will be forbidden that's the authority you carry so the next time our eyes are opened to an issue in our own home the next time our eyes are open to an issue in our place where we work the next time your eyes are open to an issue in your city or your country you're not going to fix it with the facebook post you're not going to fix it with a well-worded tweet of 140 characters. You're not going to fix it that way.
but it is up to us to fix it. And here's the good news. We're not alone in it. We're not alone in it. As Jesus is now, so are we in this world. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. And look around you. Right here is just one of many, many, many communities in our city that are a part of the body of Christ. And those things that we see around us that aren't right will be not right as long as we allow them to be. But you got to remember that on the inside of you is the provider, Jehovah Jireh. On the inside of you and I is the healer, Jehovah Rapha, all the same God. On the inside of you is Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness, Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. And this world is severely lacking in all these things, and it's our job to go take it. And it's these moments like this that in a way recharge our batteries to go do it. It's these moments like this that we look around and we think, you know, I'm not alone. There's a big problem in my school that my kids go to and, and I think I have a solution and maybe I'll be ridiculed by people if I go suggest this. Maybe I'll be looked down or frowned upon if I go and, and, and I make a, take a step for taking care of this. But I know that no matter what anybody else says, I got a church of people who have my back. I got somebody sitting beside me this Sunday that I can talk to and that will support me in this. And you're not alone. It's up to us to say that's enough. And it's up to us to say, here's a solution. It's up to us to bring what we have into every street corner, every alley, every ministry, every school, the places that we work. And it's this assembly it's these assemblies that give us that recharge. And our spirit doesn't need a recharge. You are made whole in Jesus. There's a part of you that is charged at all times. It's the part of you that the Holy Spirit dwells. But you know, sometimes our flesh can get tired. Sometimes our soul, our mind can get tired. Sometimes in our mind, we can convince ourselves we're not making a difference or we're all alone. We don't forsake the assembly because it's these moments we remember, I'm not alone. It's in these moments we remember, I got people that have my back. And we're going to take that message and we're making a difference. I know so many of you here are making a, a huge difference already. And I just want to encourage you. Keep encouraging. You're not alone. You're not alone. Thank you, Jesus. What he is to this world, that's what we carry. That's what it means to be the body of Christ. Doesn't that make sense? The body of Christ. His body, his physical body isn't here on earth anymore. He ascended to heaven. And now he sends his spirit to dwell in us so we corporately make the body of Christ here on earth. What Jesus took to the streets, that's us now. That's what we take. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's all stand together. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. I'm telling you, when the world, the enemy, wants nothing more to divide the body of Christ, he wants nothing more to divide neighbors, he wants nothing more than to divide us. Yet, this assembly is so important to protect it. It's so important to tell your children how important this is by bringing them to church, by 
by showing them it's more important than the sports. It's more important than whatever else it is. It's more important than the movies. It's more important than sleeping in. It's more important than having a seventh day of the week to go to work. It's more important. It's more important. This is where we get encouraged. This is where we provoke each other to love and to good works. This is where we get the recharge to hold tight to the profession of our faith. This is when we're reminded that our healer dwells on the inside of us. Our righteousness, our God who is our righteousness dwells on the inside of us. The God who is there dwells on the inside of us. The God who is our provider dwells on the inside of us. That is what we take as the church everywhere we go. That is the boldness we can walk in. And if we don't take it, if we don't give it, nobody else will. What we allow will be allowed. What we bind will be bound. And I know we love praying and we love taking our authority in the Spirit, and we can. But I'm just going to say this, faith without works is dead. You can pray it all you want. You can pray it all you want, and you can see victory. But you're also called to be the hands and the feet and to go out and to do something about it. So I'm not saying either or. I'm saying, yes, you got to pray. You got to use your authority in the Spirit. You also got to go step into those streets and pull somebody out of a ditch sometimes. You also got to go out into the school system and say, that's enough of that. We're not going to stand for this. You got to get into local government. Say, no, we're not going to vote for that policy. You got to walk to your neighbor's house and say, hey, I know we kind of know each other, but can I tell you about Jesus? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hey, let's respond with worship. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that upon our confession of Jesus, our love made perfect that we can be bold in the day of judgment. And as you are, as Jesus is now, so are we in this world. I thank you that your church is still strong. Your church is still bold. Your church is still filled with passion and enthusiasm. We're not asleep. We're not apathetic. We're not just sitting around waiting for you to come back and save us. No, we want to move when you say move. We're a church that's going to be the solution to the issues. It's going to bring healing where there is hurt and sickness. That's going to provide where there is lack. That's going to show people a better way. You can say you are loved no matter where you're at. You are loved. You're accepted. Now go sin no more. Walk in victory. Thank you for showing us. Thank you for highlighting moments where it's our job to be Jesus, to do what he would have done here in the flesh, to speak the words he's spoken. Thank you, Lord. Amen.